just so excited to have the opportunity to preach this sermon um, this morning. But uh, before we dig into the scripture together, I just want to take just one second. I'm going to hope I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but if you helped out with VBS this week, whether you're on the food service or helped one of the leaders um, or on security, would you stand? Uh, I just want to recognize everybody that helped this week and just say thank you for everything y'all did. We had an incredible VBS this week, um, and as Emily or Bo said a minute ago, we had 60 kids come, and we had two salvations, um, and we've been getting together with those two kids to disciple them, so it was an excellent uh, VBS this year, and it would not have been possible without um, all the great leaders we had. So uh, this morning, I want to share with you kind of a, a funny story. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly funny at the time. I, I remember my mom got me a Lego set. I was actually the last Lego set she ever got me. She said, Nathan, you're 18. I'm not buying you Lego sets for Christmas anymore. <laughs> and so this, this is the last one I ever got from her. Not the last one I ever got. The last one I ever got from her. And, and it was a big one, too. It was big. It was this big Star Wars ship. And I remember it took the whole kitchen table to spread out all the pieces to start building it. So I meticulously, just a little piece by piece by piece, I started putting it together. And then um, about two weeks later, it was finished, and it was cool, and it was massive. I thought, I need to go show Jessica. So I pick it up, and I'm carrying it, and as I'm carrying it, one of the wings on the ship just snaps, and it just falls to the floor and just shatters. And the pieces just went everywhere. They went down the air vents. They went down the stairs. Uh, they went under the table, under the furniture. And I just looked around at, at just the shattered pieces of my once great Lego um, Star Wars ship, and, and I realized... I'm never going to find all those pieces again. It was done. It, it had taken me weeks to build this Star Wars ship. But in a few seconds, it was completely destroyed. And that's one of the things I've real, realized. It took me weeks to build, but only seconds to completely destroy. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at James, and we're going to see a warning against a tiny thing um, that can destroy a lifetime of reputation a lifetime of achievements, a lifetime of something you've built um, in minutes. And as we look at this passage of scripture, it appears that one of the biggest dangers to a Christian's walk is his own mouth. So we're going to start in James chapter 3, verse 1, and I'll read it for us again. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also bridle his own body. So to give you a little bit of context on verse 1 and 2 before we go into that anymore, I was reading some commentaries on that this week. And apparently in this church that James was writing to, um, there were a lot of people who were wanting to become teachers. Um, the call went out for teachers and everybody said, pick me, pick me, I'll teach, I want to teach. And James is saying, be careful. Think long and hard about this before you sign up to be a teacher. Warren Wiersbe writes about this, um, that James's meaning of, the, of teachers undergoing stricter judgment uh, is referring to God's judgment, but it's also referring to another kind of judgment. It's referring um, to the people that are going to be watching those leaders. James is, gonna, is referring to the fact that leaders um, and teachers kind of go under the microscope. Leaders and teachers have a lot more eyes on them that non-leaders do. And so if you become a teacher, you become a leader, a lot more people are going to be looking at you. And James is saying, 
be ready for that. Be ready to have those eyes on you. Make sure you're in check. And, and people are going to understand that you're not perfect. James, James reminds us um, that we all stumble in many ways. But James is saying, be prepared for these eyes that are going to be on you. Be ready to represent God well when you step into this position as a teacher or leader um, in the church. And so James reminds us to check ourselves. And the first thing he says to check, and it's really interesting, and he spends a lot of time talking about it. Before you become a leader, check your tongue. See if you can, you can control what you say. And, and it seems like James makes an overstatement in verse 2 where he says, and if he's able to not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. He's able to bridle his whole body. And we're going to look at that metaphor a little bit more here in just a second. And it feels like James is making a massive overstatement. But I got to thinking about that this week, and I was thinking, is that really that much of an overstatement? Because I'd like to point out something very interesting and something very important. Um, I'd like to point out the fact that words and thoughts usually lead to deeds. The things we say we're going to do or the things we say or the things we think usually lead to us doing things. I was um, a few years ago reading one study that stated men who casually talked about infidelity or uh, jokingly talked about infidelity were much more likely to cheat on their wives. And it went both ways for, for both spouses. So our words and our thoughts tend to lead to our deeds. So James is saying, um, if you can control your thoughts and you can control the words that come out of your mouth, it sort of guides the rest of your body to do the things that your mouth kind of sets the path for you to do. And so I want to go on with that metaphor that James said about, he said, if you can control what, if a man can control what he says, he's able to bridle his whole body. And looking at verse 3, James goes on, and he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And I don't know if you guys have ever looked at, seen a horse spit before, like in person. I have an uncle who keeps horses, and I got to look at one of the bridles they wear. And, and the bit is this little metal part, and it goes in the, the horse's mouth, and they bite down on it. And that little bit is kind of what steers the, the whole horse. It's a tiny little thing, but it, take, it tells a big horse where to go. And if we look at James's other metaphor, he kind of ties in with this one. He um, describes the tongue as the rudder. Um, a rudder, if you ever look at it compared to the rest of the boat that it's steering, the rudder is a very small thing. But when you turn that rudder, the ship goes with it. And, and when you kind of jerk that horse's bit to the left, the horse goes to the left. Or when you kind of jerk it to the right, the horse goes to the right. So this is what James is saying. If we can control our tongue, our tongue is like that horse bit. Our tongue is like that rudder that kind of directs the course of our body. And, and as I was uh, exploring this passage of James, I, I realized something very fast um, about this passage of Scripture. Um, James is tending to repeat the same idea over and over again. His idea is that the tongue is dangerous. Now let me show you a way that it is dangerous. And that's what we're going to look at as we go into this next passage of Scripture. But before we go there, I want to um, point out something about the rudder and the horse bit. You'll note that the rudder and the horse bit um, both overcome very strong forces. Um, horses are terrifying animals. 
Um, and I, I don't like to ride horses. I rode a pony once, and that was enough for me. The horses are big, and they're scary, and they're just so much more powerful than you are. And if you look at a boat, boats are huge, and that rudder steers a boat against storms. Uh, it steers a boat against strong winds. In the same way, the tongue controls the path of our body um, when we choose what we say. We can make our tongue say things that are honoring to God and proclaim Jesus, or we can let the tongue do what it does naturally. Because uh, if you don't make the intentional effort with your tongue, it will do what it was sort of built to do. Uh, and even after we've given our lives over to Jesus, we still have this sinful nature that tugs at us. And this sinful nature doesn't want to give us up. That sinful nature still wants to control us. And if we don't make the intentional choice to not let it, and make the intentional choice to give every part of our bodies over to Jesus, that sinful nature will tell your tongue um, to do just what it does naturally. And what the tongue does naturally is it just spills out all kinds of awful, awful things if we choose not to intentionally give it over to Jesus. So moving on in verse 6, I'm going to take a pick up from the verse before it, um, just a sentence before it. It says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. And so this next metaphor that um, James gives us for the tongue, um, James gives us the metaphor of, um, of a fire. And what I want to point out about the scripture is it, it says that um, a, a, a whole forest can be um, burned down by a small fire. But James goes on to say, our tongues aren't just a small fire. Our tongues aren't just sparks that, start, or that set, a, set the forest on fire. Our tongues um, are flames just coming out of our mouths. And if a tiny fire can burn down a whole forest, how easily can a big fire burn out or burn down a, a strong forest? Even like these thick, heavy, old trees can be burned and one of the things I took from this this week as I was looking through the scripture is that a church um, is just like one of these forests. A, a church can take years to grow into what God would, design, or God would desire for it to be. It can take years to start to grow and start to build, uh, start to reach the community in an effective way. It can take years. But just like my Lego set that I talked about a few minutes ago, it can be destroyed in an instant. It can all just fall apart if we choose not to bridle our tongues if we choose not to control what we say, if we, we just kind of let the tongue say what it wants to say, it can so easily break down things that we've spent so long building. We must guard our words because James says that they can stain the whole body. Our words can either build up the church, build up the body of believers, or they can tear it down. And one of the things I want to point out is that our words um, leave lasting scars on people. I don't think we realize sometimes the power that our words have. I, and I remember one time I was firing up a grill um, a, a few years ago, and I didn't realize they'd already turned the gas on. And the gas had been going for a minute, and I, I lit it up, and it just erupted in this ball of flame. And I looked down, and all of the hair on my arm was gone, and I had a burn along my forearm. And, and that burn took a long time to heal. The burn came in a second, but it took a lot longer to heal. And our words are like that. We can hurt somebody so quickly, but it takes such a long time to heal a broken relationship that is damaged by our words. 
And just like I was telling the kids with the toothpaste, our words are like that. Once they come out, we can't really take them back. It's a thousand times easier to keep the mean words in um, than it is to try and fix what the mean words do when they come out. James's next example comes in verse 7. And James says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. I think James describing the tongue as this untamable animal. Uh, I, I, the verse in 1 Corinthians where Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, um, be careful that you don't stumble. I think James's warning is saying, even if you think you've tamed this tongue, even if you think you've tamed your tongue, it is still a wild animal. It still has the potential to do all these awful, terrible things. If you ask any zookeeper, they'll tell you, and they can attest to the fact that no matter how tame a wild animal appears, um, it is still very much a wild animal. It still has its animal instincts. A few years ago, um, there was an incident at SeaWorld, and the killer whale Telecom uh, attacked and killed one of his trainers. Uh, and that day, that, that whale, they'd had that whale for years. And for years, that whale had obeyed its commands. Um, it had listened to its trainers, and it had done tricks and stuff for the audience. But one day, in a very tragic and powerful way, um, the trainers at SeaWorld were reminded that that whale was still a wild animal, even after being trained and listening for so many years. And our tongues are like this, even when we think we have it under control. Our tongues are still like a wild animal. Our, still, our tongues are still like that killer well. And in the same metaphor, he gives um, the metaphor of poison. Um, Warren Wiersbe writes on this passage of scripture that um, the deceptive thing about poison is that it works secretly, and it works slowly, and then it kills. How many times has some malicious person injected a bit of poison in the conversation, hoping it would spread and finally get to the person he or she wanted to hurt? One of the things I have learned about our words, and one of the things I have learned about the tongue, is sometimes it works and attacks and strikes in secret. You see, you don't have to blow up for your words to explode something. You don't have to erupt, and you don't have to yell, and you don't have to be angry for your words to still cause damage. You can still say incredibly damaging things very quietly. And sometimes very quiet words can have the same impact or um, can destroy more than the words we yell and the words we shout. And then going on in verse 9, James starts to give us a little bit of spiritual application um, for some of these metaphors that he has given us. He's given us all this information, and now he's kind of telling us um, what to start to do with it. And in verse 9 it says, um, with it, referring to the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth, um, for the same, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things not ought to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. James is saying that sometimes our tongues um, curse God, and sometimes our tongues 
um, bless God. He says this ought not to be the case. This should not be what we do. Um, he, he uses that metaphor of a, um, a freshwater pond that kind of spews salt water sometime. Um, if you're well that your house is attached to, if one day, you know, maybe for a week, it just, instead of producing that fresh water you can drink, it just produced salt water, um, you wouldn't use that well anymore. That well wouldn't be doing um, what it was supposed to do. An apple tree can't just randomly one day decide to produce oranges. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And what James is telling us is that we must choose. Um, we must choose to either use our words well um, and, and use them to honor God or, or choose to not use our words well. Uh, we can't be um, this freshwater spring that just sometimes when it gets angry spews salt water. We can't be an apple tree that one day gets upset and grows an orange. We have to choose our words wisely and with care um, to build up Jesus' kingdom. But so often what we do with our words, instead of being very careful with our words, we kind of walk with like this hairpin trigger. And, and we're just always ready to just snap and always ready to just say something as soon as somebody, somebody um, does something we don't like. Who would walk around with a grenade in their pocket? Who would walk around with, like, a live grenade in their purse? Nobody. That would be crazy. Who would walk around with a grenade with the pin out and just kind of be holding it? That's, that's crazy. But you see, that's so often what we do with our tongue. We walk around with the pin out, ready to fire. And James says that that can't be the case. James says we can't walk with a hairpin trigger. We have to walk um, very carefully with our words. We have to choose our words well and choose our words in a way that upbuilds God's kingdom. So my challenge to you this morning is um, this question, are you guarding your words well? Or are you kind of walking with the grenade, holding it down with the pin already out, ready for it to just throw it and, and for it to blow anytime? Are you walking with a hairpin trigger? Or are you walking um, with your words well guarded? Are you walking in a way um, choosing to use your words well? My challenge is that um, if your answer to those questions is no, um, that you're not walking in a way that you're choosing your words well and not walking in a way that you're choosing your words wisely, um, my challenge is that you would turn away from that um, and that you would uh, come to God this morning and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I should have been using my words better, um, that you would repent of that this morning. Um, as, as our uh, pianist comes back up and during this time of invitation, um, the altar is open. Um, if you feel the need to pray um, or want to speak with me or pray with me, I will be up here. Um, but my challenge this morning is that you would just commit yourself um, to using your words well and to control your tongue and not let it be the thing that controls you.